Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWolfOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Good evening, sports fans, and welcome to the Let's Talk CFL podcast episode number 375. I'm your host, Christopher Jones, and we get to talk football, some amazing football, actually. Um, what's cool? What's happening? What's interesting? Oh, what is this about um, Rod Peterson? Rod Peterson is putting out a thing out there that says that the Calgary Stampeders are making very discreet inquiries around the league about trading Bo Levi Mitchell. Oh my God. Could the rock be falling down? Calgary fans are losing their mind. Think that Rod Peterson's just a bozo. Just nothing about him is legit. Well, you know what? I have a lot of respect for Rod Peterson. I like the guy. I don't agree with everything that he says. Hey, most people don't agree with the things I say. So, uh, no big deal on that one, but I do appreciate and, and respect his uh, his ability to, to find information. And wow, what do you think of this? Bo Levi Mitchell actually possibly being traded. Where would he go? Toronto Argonauts were looking for him earlier. What could they give up to Calgary? What does Calgary really need right now? Uh, receivers? Ah, maybe an O-line? D-line? Who are they missing? What could they get for this? This would be a pretty skookum trail. Boy, would they drop a lot of salary cap, eh? Wow, this could be an interesting couple of weeks if Bo is going to be dealt to another team. Hey, you know what? Send him over to Winnipeg. They need a quarterback. Won't admit it. Won't admit that Matt Nichols is a lame duck, but they should. Uh, Edmonton's not interested. BC's not interested. Uh, Don't think Hamilton would be interested. Montreal, Toronto. Ooh, Ottawa, Ottawa. Wouldn't that be just ironic going over to Ottawa after beating them in the Grey Cup several times? Um, Yeah, wouldn't that be cool? Interesting, interesting, interesting. Uh, I got nothing negative to rant about right now. I, I, I did a while back and whatever, and I'm really not having problems with things. But okay, uh, hmm. What should we talk about? Hey, let's just open up the mics, bring in the guys and talk. Uh, Mark is AWOL tonight, and uh, uh, Phil is still on a, a hiatus, shall we say. Uh, so we got Charles and Will tonight. Charles, how you doing, buddy? Welcome. I'm doing well. Um, how are you? Thank you. I'm doing wonderful. Good. Me too. I think it's – I'm having fun. And we're talking football. Yep. Look, yep. Looks like we're about to get a storm outside because the sky is pretty black. But it's, whatever, it is I'm one inside, so weird I'm summer say, so I'm far. Eh? What? Oh God! Uh, weird. It doesn't explain it. It's just um, weird weather after weird weather. One, two days it'll be scorching hot and then it'll be pouring rain for three days. It's bizarre. And we're supposed to get uh, sun in near thirties this weekend after two, three days of rain. Two so, years ago, two years ago when we were moving up to Merritt. They 
we were looking in the September, uh, oh, August, uh, July, August, we were up here, and they said, oh, we didn't get our June rain. So they haven't really had rain since April up here in the entire year. They didn't get any rain until we actually moved up, which is was November was the first time that it rained. Actually, it snowed. It didn't rain. Um, mm-hmm. It's rained fucking every day through the month of June and every day in July so far. Every day. That nobody has seen it like this up here. And I go, would, would the people stop coming up from Abbotsford and bringing this goddamn rain with them? Because I tried to get away from it. Anyhow. So, yeah. Weird weather. Weird weather. But you know what? It's football season, and football weather should be all sorts of different things. Yeah. But we got a dome stadium, so who really cares? Good point. William, welcome to the show, brother. Hello. How you doing, big guy? Okay, so 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 I'm doing very well. I'm good. I'm I'm one, two, three, four, eight days away from vacation. So oh, eight ah. days. I thought you were talking about your your vodka gimlets that you were having. You had eight of them already. I don't drink. You know that. I know. You know that. I do. When you were at my house, when you were when you were at my house, did I offer you a beer? No. 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 But you also knew that I don't drink. Well, that's true too. But, anyways, so what you're talking about with Bo Levi Mitchell? Yes. I have I have been hearing more and more and more rumors about this. Okay. From different sources. from different sources. sources and the um I would say yes. Okay. Um the biggest thing the biggest thing I hear is that he is not as injured as we think he is. Ah. So I tend to wonder what the heck that's all about. I really do because you don't sign a guy to a big contract because you're not happy with him. He just bought he just bought a huge house in Lake Chestermere just before the season started. And well, you make it like seven hundred thousand dollars a year. You can do that, right? Well, yeah, but he looks like he's he's uh, nesting, if you will. Yeah. Okay. So, but that, I don't that's know, his man. plan. That doesn't mean it's Huff. <laughs> Well, that's true, but why would Huff spend that money? Why wouldn't he just let him go to Toronto? Good question. Well, I think maybe okay. something has happened. Well, and yeah. that's exactly what I'm thinking as well. But we will never be privy to that. Mm-hmm. Well, we so, may be if it, if it actually comes to fruition. And the thing is, instead yeah, of letting him go to Toronto... Why not try and get assets back for him? Well, the thing I'm thinking about is who, what team can handle that size of a contract. Okay. Toronto. So. It doesn't sound like Montreal can. Yeah. No, I know. Unless they pay him with a secret envelope under the table. Um, That's a pretty big contract and it's four years long. Yeah. And and you know what I can say I can say 
I can say it's never going to happen, but they traded Ricky Ray. They traded, they traded Wayne Gretzky. Okay. So anything is possible. Yeah, but, but it would be weird to right really get traded. So, you know, and like I said the other night, if if uh, Arbuckle goes five and one, okay, and I know this is the last year of his contract, he will be gone in the off season. And do they want to let a guy like that go? Yeah, BC's paying for knows? letting Riley go. Right. But who knows? You know, so I don't know. I don't know. I've seen, I've seen, I've seen stranger things. Yeah. So. (laughs) So you're you're not calling bullshit. No, not at all. Not at all. And I've I've been I've been avoiding making one phone call because I think I might know somebody who really knows, and I'm just. I'm just I don't want to I don't want to sound like a fool, so I'm not going to call him yet. Okay. Inquiring minds want to know. I will probably do it sometimes this week. Okay. So not as injured as he, we have been led to believe. So I'm that basically means he now. he is he is on the 6 game for 6 games. That will save the cap yep. a quarter million dollars. Yeah. Maybe you never know. Maybe that's what the dispute is about. Them putting he him on wants the to play. Game. They don't want him to play. Well, there you go. Maybe that's what it's about. Because they save at, themselves some money for the salary cap, right? Yeah. But awesome. I mean, when did what when did what season did he get injured? Well, sorry, what week? Uh, two, two. Oh, week uh, week two, was week three, I two. believe. Well, week two or week? Yes, yeah. Well, no, it was the middle of no, the BC Lions two. game it in week, week three, two. right? Yeah. Because our buckle came three. out and won. Yeah. Right? No, right. no, it was week three. It was week three because they did. They had a bye in the second week, so yeah, it was. That's what three. I said. Week three. Yeah. Yeah. So he lost the game against Ottawa. He was losing the yep. game against BC. Arbuckle came in and won it. Okay. And yep. then Arbuckle beat Saskatchewan. Lost to Hamilton. And then this week he's playing Toronto. So he's going to w- win the Toronto game. And then he goes back and plays in, in Ottawa. He could win that game. And then he plays Edmonton. So week eight would be the big test. Yep. And then he plays week nine. He plays Winnipeg. Another big Montreal. test. Montreal. Yeah, a big test. And then Montreal. And then he gets a bye. <clears throat> so that's, that takes us to week 12. That's, two-thir- that's two-thirds of the way through the season. Or close to it. Labor Day. Um, yeah. Interesting. Big interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. And I, you know, I if don't it, Well, no, no, I don't understand how a relationship can sour that fast. Arrogance. It seems weird, though, but uh, it's not unusual. If you, 
Uh, just to throw out an example, not a football example, but a hockey example. Back in the mid-90s, when the Montreal Canadiens, uh, they had Patrick Waugh, there was one game that happened where Patrick Waugh got lit up for 11 goals. Uh, they yep, finally pulled him after the 11th goal. Uh, he had words within, with um, uh, their coach at the time, Mario Trombley, behind the bench. Uh, went over to the uh, general manager at the time, said, I'm done, and two days later, he had, he was traded. So, just like right. that, it can happen. So, uh, it, it doesn't happen often, but it certainly can happen. So, Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. I, I, I'm just kind of dumbfounded that this would happen. I kind of suspected it but didn't it not in my wildest dreams that I believe this would happen. I, I I've I've been praying for it to happen. But I didn't think it would. I really want to see Bo Levi Mitchell with another team. Any team. I don't care what team. And here's the other question is this maybe a bit of buyer's remorse on the part of the Stampeders after paying out that big contract and then thinking about it after the fact and thinking, mm, maybe this wasn't such a good idea. I don't know. That, yeah, I don't know I, that. I just case. Don't, I'm just curious. I, I guess I guess they had to sign him to a contract so they wouldn't lose him mm-hmm. to somebody. But, you know, I, I yeah, this will be another, oh, I mean, uh, I'm I'm flabbergasted. I'm flabbergasted. Are 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 you upset about it? Uh, no, not at all. Players flabbergasted. Players come, players, players come go. go. No big deal. Is that is that no. the position you're taking? I'm good with that. Yeah. I mean, okay. I live in Calgary. Okay. I swear under my breath when I watch every CFL game and I see how many guys are on other teams that used to play for Calgary, okay? Because, yeah. let's face it, the, the the whole thing is to rape Calgary every time you get a chance because Huffnagel will not spend big money on these guys. So then why did he spend big money on Caleros? Why didn't Caleros come into the, the room saying, I want seven, he I want to make what Mike Riley did, and Huff said, okay. Why did he do that? Why didn't he say, you, you bullshit, mean, you're you making mean, 500 you grand, mean, and that's it. Hold on. You mean Bo Levi, not Claris? Because you said Claris. You did. My apologies. Yes, Bo Levi. You're okay. Right. I, I was kind of like, why would we no, tie, yeah, why would yeah, we yeah, yeah, a yeah. Past quarterback? Anyways, um, I think Calgary fans would have been outraged if they had to let him go for nothing. Okay. But well, they're still, I still paying them now. Still, yeah, I know that, but I still go back to, you know, you give Bo Levi Mitchell five hundred, five hundred and fifty thousand dollars. It would have freed up another hundred thousand dollars a piece for Mika Johnson and for uh, for uh, Jagarin Davis. Yeah. Okay. And you wouldn't have lost either. And maybe, and maybe a couple of offensive linemen that went elsewhere as well. And you know, I mean, one one year 
Bo is, you know, his contract, he says he'll take less money so that they can sign an offensive line. And then yeah. when it's time to stay here, you know, I, I really tend to wonder too. Well, yeah, it, it, it feels like it. And maybe there's hard feelings with that, but you can't, you can't blame either side. Okay, John Huffnagel is doing what he needs to do for the team, and Bo Levi Mitchell is doing what he needs for his family and his career, right? Because let's face it, he could get hit tomorrow and his career's over. Yep. So you can't blame either guy. It's just it's part of the business, and it kind of sucks. Yep. Interesting. And speaking of injuries that may not be as bad as what um, it's we're being led to uh, believe, uh, the report out is Dom Davis is not hurt or not hurt bad enough to keep him off the playing field. Uh, is that the Red Blacks just have enough of it? And, and they're going well, for Jonathan Jennings? And, and okay, to me, there, ha- there must have been a reason that Dominic Davis won the job out of training camp. Yeah, but there's a reason why Matt Nichols beat Mike Riley out of the, the starting position at Edmonton. And let's face okay. it, he's not a better quarterback. Right, but it would take some time to do that. And I, and I, if you're, I'm sorry, and and don't get take this the wrong way, but if you're relying on Jonathan Jennings, you're in trouble because he didn't win the job at a training camp, and he's there's nothing that indicates that the things that he has done has gotten better. So. Maybe Bo Levi Mitchell's going to Ottawa. That's a possibility. Interesting theory. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Do we see David for Bo Levi Mitchell? Maybe. Maybe Jonathan Jennings is coming to Calgary. Maybe that's I said that before. You remember early on I said Jonathan Jennings was going to go to Calgary. Yeah, but – You did. Yeah, but but Dave Dickinson and uh, John Huffnagel – no good quarterbacks, they would never sign Jonathan Jennings. Jonathan Jennings is actually never. a good quarterback, Will. I know you don't no, believe so. I, no, he's I, not. I know you, yeah, he is. He's not. Ask Todd Mogi, he'll tell you. Yeah, um, Todd Mogi is so full of shit, I can't get – his eyes are brown and it's floating out his forehead. We'll hear okay. about that uh-huh. tomorrow. <laughs> We're going to hear about uh, yeah, that tonight, that'll, I think. That'll, that'll. <laughs> That'll be fun. And on top I'm of that, for the message is, to pop up now. <laughs> yeah, no, he's 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 asleep, Charles. He says he goes to bed before the podcast. What are the Winnipeg people always going to bed so early? Go on. Well, if you lived in Winnipeg, you'd go to bed early too. I probably would. <laughs> the only thing that would make me stay up is a football game. So uh, no, yeah. You know, um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. This, I, this is, you know what? So far this year, this has been a really wacky season. It's been strange. 
And the, it's the been football one of the wackiest in a long time. No, it hasn't. But it is only week five. True. So, I don't know. I don't know. You still there, Christopher? Uh, uh, yeah, I am. I'm, I'm just having fun here. We're talking football. Now, I'm reading this thing by this guy. Uh, uh, he says, as a former free safety who has played at these speeds, one solution to protect the quarterback may be taking away the slide and two, remove intentional grounding. Interesting. I, I never thought of that. Hmm. Allow him to throw bad... the ball away. Interesting. That's actually not a terrible idea, to be honest. It's not a terrible idea. Okay. Shall we pick teams? Yeah. Okay, we could do that. Oh, yeah. We're, I, I knew we were supposed to be doing something, weren't we? We're supposed to be doing Well, we're supposed to talk football. And, damn, we're talking football. And yeah, it's fun. Yep. Okay. So, I, I do have an agenda, and it's, it's well-packed by Charles. So we're, we should get going to it. Um, what did I want to do here? Hmm. Um, Brain fart. Oh, yeah, I wanted to I uh, we get Mark scores. Mark. Okay, the first game is the Toronto Argonauts are traveling to Calgary to play the Stampeders at McMahon. Mark Weddall has the Calgary Stampeders 26, the Toronto Argonauts 23. Hmm. Wow. That's a lot of points for Toronto. Please. Charles, your first can I, can I? Can you what, Will? You want to go first? Can I, say, can I say this live on air? I don't know. Can you? Mark Weddle. Mark, Mark Weddle. Mark Weddle, you're an idiot. Get the bombers off your brain. Anyway, uh, no, you just did say it on the air. Yeah, you did say it yeah, on the air, and, it, and, and, and well, at least you weren't attacking Todd. So wait a minute, okay. wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't hear you guys disagreeing. Anyways, well, after no. hearing that score, I mean, no, I don't, I don't, I'm not disagreeing with that. I mean, let, mm-hmm. let's go back. Okay, week one, the Toronto Argonauts were on a bye; they didn't lose. Week two, they scored 14 points. Week three, they scored seven points. Week four, they scored 17 points. That was the most they've scored, and that was against BC. Oh, no, sorry. They scored 21 points against Winnipeg. Yeah. Okay. So now Mark is suggesting that they are getting better, and they're going to score 23 points in this game against Calgary. I guess it's it's because they you know they scored 21 points against Winnipeg and Winnipeg is the best team in the CFL with the best defense and the best offense. So Toronto scoring 21 points, uh, everybody else out there must be shit. That's the only thing I can think of. Okay, Charles, who's going to win this game and by what score? All right, uh, Mark, did you not see the Argos play your team last week? They are not getting better. 
Um, I don't care how many points they scored. They played a lot in garbage time because garbage time started with three minutes left in the first quarter. Look, this team is crap. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be uh, mean about it. I'm not really being mean. I'm just telling it like it is. This team is crap. Uh, it's been built. They got a lousy coach. They got a lousy GM. They got no quarterback. They've got an overrated running back who is a one-year flash in the pan. The receivers are okay. They've got nobody to get the ball to them, and their defense can't stop anybody. So how exactly are they getting better? Uh, They're not getting better, and I have trouble seeing this team beat anybody. And for those people out there putting BC in the same category as Toronto, BC's not good this year. They're not close to Toronto. They at least have a quarterback, even though he can't get the ball off, but we'll get to them later. Um, this team is a train wreck with a capital T right now, and they're playing in the West. They're not going to beat any Western team. Uh, an Eastern team is a stretch right now. They're not beating anyone in the West. They're not going into Calgary and beating the Stampeders. It's just not going to happen. Bo Levi Mitchell, no Bo Levi Mitchell, Arbuckle, whatever, whoever the third stringer is in Sam Calgary is probably beat Toronto right now. What? Sam Spade. No, whatever. Anybody who is playing going to the, this is a bad football team. It just is. I'm sorry, Argos fans. I don't mean to I don't mean to put it on you, but this is a bad football team and they're not going to win many games and they're certainly not going to win this game in Calgary a team where not many teams win to start with. Even good teams have trouble winning in Calgary. So I really don't see this... um, I really don't see this um, being all that close of a game. Um, I think Arbuckle, who has actually looked pretty good since he's come in, I think Arbuckle eats these guys alive. Um, Everybody else is, so why shouldn't they? Why shouldn't he... Uh, this has the potential to be another one that's over early, uh, and it's not going to be particularly close. I think um, Calgary puts 40 on them. I'll say 42, and I'm going to say that the um, Argos are going to score 15. I don't, this one's not close again. 42-15 is your score, Charles. Yes. Is that correct? Yes it, yes, it is. Okay. William, it's your time to shine. Well, you know, Hamilton's supposed to be the one of the best teams in the CFL, or they, they're picked as the leader in the East. No, and they're Calgary's not. Defense, yes, they are. And Calgary's defense held them to 22 yards in the first half. Calgary's defense is not as bad as I thought it was going to be this year. Um, I, I'm going to use a Christopher Jones line that I Uh-oh. hate when he says this. But I'm going to say it anyways. Because he's right. Uh, ha- Hamilton didn't beat Calgary last week. Calgary beat themselves. Anyways, I don't think this game is going to even be close. And and I was going to pick under 40, but then Charles turned around and picked 42. So, like, wow. So, I'm going to do better than Charles. <laughs> I'm going to pick the Calgary Stampeders to win 48 to uh, 
six, eight, forty-six to nine. Forty-six or forty-eight? Forty. Sorry, forty. Forty-eight to nine. Forty-eight to nine. Wow. Yes, sir. We, we don't. We don't have a fill. He's not paying attention to us right now. So um, hopefully he can come around and, and give us the scores before the, the game starts tomorrow night. Uh, and uh, we'll get those up there. And maybe he's listening and, uh, and he's going to say, oh, shit, yeah, I got to get my scores in. Um, I heard that his daughter's uh, making progress, and that is absolutely wonderful. Um, everybody's thinking about you, Phil. Everybody. Okay, uh, CJ, he's going to take this and go on a conservative note. I'm going to pick Calgary because I'm not stupid, uh, but I'm going to pick him 34. 34 to 14. Okay? I, I, I'm trying to get a win here. Okay? I'm trying to get a win. So let's see what we can do. 34 to 14 for the Calgary Stampeders. Uh <coughs> Next game up, oh, the debut of Jonathan Jennings as the quarterback for the Ottawa Red Blacks, and he is going into the, I'd like to say Lions Den because it's vicious and terrible, but we have a Lions football team, so we can't say that, but he's going into enemy territory, he's going into Winnipeg. Winnipeg likes to play at home because they have a noisy-ass crowd, and that's the way things are going to be. So Ottawa Red Blacks, Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Jonathan Jennings versus Matt Nichols. I personally think Jonathan Jennings is a better quarterback. But, hey, let's see what's going to happen here. Andrew Harris. Did you see that what it said in the in – the, uh, Todd posted something that was trying to make Winnipeg look so much better than all the other teams, and it was the amount of times that they ran the ball. I said, when you got a shitty quarterback, you run the ball. That's what why Saskatchewan did that with Darian Durant, right? And, yeah, you win football games because you're running the ball. That's what you're supposed to be doing. So if every team ran the ball as many times, it would be a challenge. Matt Nichols couldn't win a game. All right. Charles, Ottawa, Winnipeg. This is not the best way for Jonathan Jennings to debut. I'm sorry, but I mean, I like Jonathan Jennings as a person. I was a fan of his when he was here, although he used to frustrate the hell out of me. Um, I'm sorry, this is not where you want to be starting a guy. They're going against probably the best team in the CFL and quite possibly the best defense in the in the CFL. And this is not uh, how I would wish on anyone to start. I think this is probably not... If I'm starting Jonathan Jennings for the first time, I'm giving him... I'm putting him in a situation where I think uh, gives him the best opportunity or... Uh, for him to succeed. Doing this against Winnipeg just doesn't give him that because this is a team that's firing on all cylinders. They basically destroyed uh, Toronto last week. Yeah, I know Toronto got 21 points. Give me a break. Half of those were in garbage time, like I stated before. And if they really put the pressure on them, Toronto would not have scored that many points. 
and I don't think Ottawa's going to get that many points this week. I really don't. Um, and I hate to say that because, like I said, I like um, uh, Jonathan Jennings as a person, but I just don't see him having success against this Toronto team. Uh, one thing I know about Toronto, uh, or against, they're not playing Toronto against. No, they're not. Excuse me. I'm they would have. The he would time. have success against that, Toronto. That would be a good time. That would be a good time for to start Jennings. But I'm stuck in the last game. But no, I don't give him the the one thing about Jonathan Jennings. If he throws an interception early, it gets in his head right away, and he struggles the rest of the way. And I could very easily see him throwing an early uh, interception against defense. This defense, which could be trouble quickly for the Ottawa Red Blacks. Um, so. While this uh, presents a bit of a stronger challenge for Winnipeg than last week's game against Toronto, it's only a bit. And I don't think this is going to go well for Ottawa. I think they're in trouble this week. Um, It almost seems, and Will made mention of this earlier, I can't remember if it was on the show or off the show, but he made mention of it earlier that – Going to Jennings already almost seems like a desperation move. Uh, desperation moves rarely pay off, and I don't think this one's paying off. I think Winnipeg, uh, even though yeah, it's Matt Nichols, but hey, they don't—they're not going to need a lot of offense here, and their special teams is playing well too. But I'm thinking that um, Winnipeg's going to win this one. I'm going to call Winnipeg 34 and Ottawa 17. Okay. William. Yes. Oh, How by the way, it, uh, uh, Todd Todd Mogi has picked this game, and uh, not Todd Mogi. Todd Mogi. Uh, Mark Wetnall has picked this game. Uh, oh, where's his scores? I gotta. Oh, there they are. Uh, Winnipeg thirty-seven. Uh, Ottawa sixteen. What was Charles' score? Thirty-four to seventeen. Thirty-four seventeen. Mark took thirty-seven sixteen. Okay. We're all around the same area. I'm I'm in a quandary here because I. You know what? And I've been avoiding saying this for four or five weeks. I don't what think Winnipeg's that good. Charles, what? I'm here. Hello. Uh oh. I can hear you. Just shit to bed. I don't think so. I can hear you. Uh, Will, can you hear me? I can hear you. But you, I can hear CJ, but I don't think he can hear us. Oh. Hello. Okay. Hello. 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 Oh, somebody's back. Hello. Not, I can. We can. I can hear you. Okay. I got no will. Right in the middle of everything, will he just something. left. Will. Yes. There you yeah, are. There he is. Okay. So your whole whatever you said about um, this game, nobody heard. He's in a okay. quandary. So. You're, yeah, you, so you're in a quandary, and that's where it ended. Okay, because and I and I haven't said this for five first five weeks. I don't think Winnipeg's that good. Okay, Winnipeg has not impressed me at all. 
but neither have so many other teams this year. Okay? I I don't think it's been a good season so far. And hasn't Winnipeg already played uh, Ottawa once? No. Yes, no? You sure? No. Week one, Ottawa played Calgary. Week two, Ottawa played Saskatchewan. Week three, Ottawa had a bye. Week four, oh, yeah, Winnipeg played Ottawa in week four, 29-14. Okay. 29-14. So that's not overly impressive on Winnipeg's part. No. Um, but I'm scared they're going to play Jonathan Jennings. No, they are playing um, Jonathan Jennings. They are. We already know that. Yeah, Dom Davis is injured. Is that... Oh, okay. That's a fact. That's well, okay. not that not that he's injured, but Jennings is definitely starting. That's a fact. Well, you know what? Nobody else is gonna pick him, so I'm gonna go down a limb, and I'm gonna say Ottawa twenty-eight, Bombers twenty. Wow, one point spread Giving it to Ottawa Redlocks Wow, that's a ballsy move, Will Well, no it's not I don't I just, you, I don't, just, you don't believe I it just, I, I don't think the Bombers are that good I don't think the Bombers are that good I really don't think they're that good And the reason is They have not changed from last year Do you know how you stop the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? Yeah. Stop you, Andrew you Harris. Make, you stop Andrew Harris and make yep. Matt Nichols throw the ball. Yeah, because he can. Because he, he has not thrown for over 250 yards in any game this year. Nope. And, and Jared Zainwich can talk about his efficiency rating all he wants, but when you don't throw the ball, you got a good efficiency rating, okay? Yep. So I, I just I don't see it. I really don't see it. But for the sake of not argue with Mark and Todd Mogie and those guys. Well, they're not here, so you don't have to. I know. Yeah, I know. But they're going to listen to the podcast, and then I'm going to hear all this shit tomorrow. But that's okay. There you go. I've said it. I've stuck it out there. I'm done. The the only team that they impressed me with was Winnipeg. and Or, sorry, Winnipeg beating Toronto. But how impressive really is beating Toronto? Okay. They they didn't annihilate Ottawa. They didn't beat up on BC. Uh, they, they you know they barely barely scraped through Edmonton. They're not that impressive. Yeah, they're four and zero. Big deal. If I remember correctly, there's been lots of teams that have been gone four and zero at the beginning and completely. Fi- I think Edmonton did it last year, didn't they, or year before? Two years ago, they went seven straight, and then went they went seven yeah. straight without a lot with a loss. Yeah, and and and, and then they, I think they yeah. lost five. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. They went into a tailspin in the middle of the year. I remember that. Yeah, and they recovered at the end, but yeah, not not sufficiently enough to do anything. So. Yeah, they were one and done in the playoffs. And, and to be done. honest with you, I've been 
I've been more impressed with Edmonton this year than I have been with Winnipeg. Yeah, me too. Without question, Edmonton's and, doing playing and, way better than I thought coming, they would be. And coming from me, that says a lot, okay? Yep. Well, that's true, yes. And, I mean, you know what? Mr. – not Andrew – Trevor Harris – his, it seems that his inconsistency is gone because he's leading the CFL right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, he's putting so, game after game together, not just one and then off, one then off, one. Yeah. Uh, he, he's he's going to he's going that to war. Correct. Yeah. Interesting. So, mm-hmm. You're very very interesting. I'm having fun with this. Okay, so oh, guess it's my turn to pick here. I'm going to have to pick Winnipeg on this one, but I'm going to pick it 28-26. Uh, okay? I don't think that anybody's going to put up some big numbers here in this game, but 28-26 my pick on this one. The third game is the Edmonton Eskimos battling the Montreal Alouettes in Montreal at McGill Stadium. Could this be a slaughter? Or is Montreal showing some pride now that they finally got rid of the players that they wanted to, they finally got rid of the the management that they wanted to, they got rid of Mike Sherman because they were revolting. Uh, They got rid of Kavis Reed. They got rid of Stefan Logan. Uh, yeah, so is Montreal the team that's going to come together? You know who Montreal reminds me of right now? Bill Murray and Stripes. <laughs> They're off training themselves. Yep. Interesting analogy. I just came up with that. It okay. is, actually. Uh, boom, chakalaka, boom, chakalaka, boom, chakalaka, boom. Why did the chicken cross the road? Never, sorry. Um, Charles, Edmonton, in Montreal. Who are you going to take here? Uh, just for reference, Mark took Edmonton 3427. 3427. Hmm. Okay, so Edmonton is is this in Edmonton or in Montreal? I'm just it's in, in Montreal. Montreal isn't it? Okay, so Montreal. Um, to be honest, uh, Montreal has played well this uh, the last few weeks. Now, have they had the greatest? Um, um, have they had the greatest um, competition? Obviously not. Uh, they although they beat Hamilton and they beat Ottawa, who are the top two teams in the East right now. Now that doesn't say much because the East sucks, but I mean they still beat them and they weren't beating them last year. Um, Vernon Adams is starting to look like a quarterback. Kahari Jones is starting to um, look uh, like a coach. Look like a coach. So I mean. They're playing better now, but uh, I think their string of luck kind of ends here uh, because the team they're playing this weekend is a far superior team to either team that they beat. You were right when you said earlier that Trevor Harris is actually looking 
good game in, game out. I remember last year in Ottawa, we were always constantly talking about good Trevor Harris and bad Trevor Harris. Well, we haven't really seen bad Trevor Harris this year. He's been putting consistent games over and over again. So he's starting to move into that upper echelon of quarterback. <laughs> and I think this is where they're going to um, come out over top of uh, Montreal. Vernon Adams has played very well. But if I'm picking between the two quarterbacks, I'm still picking Trevor Harris. If I'm picking between the two defenses, I'm picking Edmonton. And I just think they're a better football team right now. Even though Montreal has has looked to be at least somewhat improved, I think that they'll be able to keep this game closer. But I think Edmonton's still going to pull out the victory. I think uh, Edmonton's a better team, and they're going to keep rolling, and they want to keep pace with the Bombers. So, yeah, I'm going to pick Edmonton to win this one. Um, and plus, they've had a bit of turmoil in Montreal this past week, uh, which is never a good thing, even though I think a lot of it could be a case of addition by subtraction, getting rid of Cavis uh, Reed, getting rid of Stefan Logan. But all in all, I think this is going to be another Edmonton win. I think it's going to be closer but Edmonton's going to pull it out. I'm going to say um, Edmonton pulls this one out uh, 34 to 25. Okay. William, go out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know I'm going to pick Dallas anyways, right? Because I don't pick Edmonton. Ever. Ever. You know, Vernon Adams is starting to look like a quarterback. I don't know if you guys did you guys if you guys didn't watch the game last week he ran the ball in for a touchdown on and put a move on somebody and I can't remember who it was but that guy's still looking for his jock strap. This guy is an athlete and a half. And uh he seems to have settled in and like we've said before Montreal has good personnel. And maybe Kahari Jones is actually doing a good job. And uh, he's got them believing in themselves. And maybe Ed Ganey was the last piece of the puzzle to go. Not Ed Ganey. Ed Herbie, or sorry, whatever his name is. Davis Reed. What's his name? Davis Reed is the last piece of the puzzle to leave. And now they can become a real football team. So, yep. I think uh, Trevor Harris is not going to be good tomorrow just because he's been so consistent lately. And I'm going to say Al's, I'm going to go reverse of Mark, Al's 34, Edmonton 27. i got to turn my mic back on. My grandson just came running down here screaming, Papa, Papa, Papa. And brought me a bowl of popcorn. So that's kind of cool. Wow. But I just wanted to turn, I, shut the mic off so that it, that didn't interrupt did, did you, I, Will, because you were on a roll. Did I, did I mention to you guys that I'm going to be a grandpa again? I don't know if I mentioned that to you guys. No, yeah. no, congrats. And we found out the other day it's going to be another boy. So. Ah. I think January or something like that. So, so is, is that a boy forever, or is that just a boy for a few years, or is that what? Never mind. <sighs> my 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 youngest my youngest stepson is the biggest 
Alberta redneck you've ever met in your life, okay? His son will fish and hunt and spit and fart and burp, okay? That's all. Chew I'm tobacco. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Glad to hear that. Next and last game. BC Lions going into the enemy territory, of course, to Saskatchewan, to Regina, to play the Rough Riders. What, Will? Did you give us your score? No. You didn't. No, you didn't. No, I forgot all about it. Good thing you you caught me there because, like, Steve would have been having a fit right now. Um. I'm going to pick the Edmonton Eskimos in this one, and I'm going to go 28-24. Okay. We'll move on over to BC and Saskatchewan. Uh, So the Lions are going into Regina. And uh, this one is not going to be pretty. Mike Riley against Cody Fajardo. We're not even going to say which quarterback's better, which defense is better, which offensive line is better, which running back is better, which, oh, my God, they're both train wrecks. Uh, Mark's picking BC 29-24. Charles, what do you got? 29-24. Mark picked BC? Well, yep. I guess he hates the Riders even more. Okay, so yep. this is actually probably the toughest one to pick out of the other <laughs> out of all four games because neither one of these teams has been very good in the early part of this season. Um, They're playing in Saskatchewan, always a tough place to play. And uh, my biggest concern, again, is still keeping Mike Riley upright. You got uh, some big guys there in Charleston Hughes and um, Willie Jefferson's there now. So, um, or no, no, he's not. Who's the other guy? Mika Johnson. Mika Johnson. Johnson. Jesus. Yeah, not Willie Jefferson. Mika Johnson. Willie Jefferson went to Winnipeg. um, That's right. Sorry, my mistake. Yeah, I'm in. I'm stuck in last year. No. uh, So they're going to pass rush. I, I I bet they could come after Mike Riley, especially early on. So let's hope that the Lions uh, coaches, offensive line coaches, have figured out some way to make adjustments. They've got to protect Mike Riley. Run the ball. If they, yes, exactly. Run the ball. Run the ball. Use John White. Use Brandon Rutley if you have to. Uh, get Chung. the ball on the ground because the, if you start running the ball, they're going to have to lay off the blitz because it's going to burn them if they don't. Uh, then that should help open up some time for Mike Riley. So if I'm going down to it and I'm picking if Mike Riley or Cody Fajardo, I'm sorry, I still I don't care how good Fajardo played in a few games there. He came crashing back to earth last week. Um, he's got to um, – I'm picking Mike Riley. And I think that's where it gets won and lost. I just think that eventually something is going to click with the Lions. I know it hasn't to this point. I've still been saying all along, this team is has too much talent on it to be playing this poorly. I've still said that they are a better team than their record shows. 
they're just not clicking. They're not playing well for whatever reason. I think this could be the week they click. The Riders are definitely a winnable game for them, but it's also you can also make the case that the Lions are a, a winnable game for the Riders. I think the Lions go in. They finally put at least a semblance of an offense together. I'm going to pick the Lions to win in a close one. Maybe kicking um, comes down to it as well. But I'm going to call the Lions to win a, a, a squeaker, and I'm going to pick the Lions to win 33-30. to 30. Okay. And, yeah, Mark's got the same 29-24. Now, here's the quote from Mike Riley. It's unacceptable. We're too good too good of talent-wise offensively to be kept off the board. Agreed. Will Lankford be playing? Uh, I could see him in special teams. As long as he remembers to pick the ball up on punts. It would be advantageous to the Lions to have another speedy receiver out there because nobody was respecting Deron Carter right now, and they're double teaming Mike uh, Brandon or Brian Burnham. So if we had one more speedy receiver out there, it would take the pressure off of Burnham, and would open up the field. Mike Riley would be able to pass the ball quicker, and wouldn't be t- pulling weeds out of his mask. Mm-hmm. My theory. Will BC? Well, actually, Saskatchewan. I was going to say this. This week, David Sanchez basically said the problem. One of the problems in BC is BC doesn't have a number two receiver. It, not kind of what I just he said. Says, yeah, he says Deron Carter's not a number two receiver. Right now, he's about a number three. Anyways, Agreed. Um, um, I I still think. <laughs> BC's biggest problem is their is their offensive line, okay? Because I mean, my God, how is that possible? That Mike Riley's been sacked so many times. It's pr- the projection right now is 65 times this year, okay? So I don't know, um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna guarantee BC a win. You know how I'm going to do that? You're going to pick pick Saskatchewan? There you go. I'm going to go Saskatchewan. I can't believe I'm doing this. Saskatchewan 21, BC 14. Okay. So, uh, Phil's just piping up. He's giving us scores. Calgary 35. Toronto 21, generous to Toronto in my opinion. Uh, Winnipeg 29, Ottawa 22, Montreal 28, Edmonton 26. Whoa, really? You're picking Montreal there, Phil? And the last one, BC Saskatchewan. Well, being a a Ryder fan, he's going to take Saskatchewan, right? Saskatchewan will take the free spot on the bingo card this week. <laughs> no, I don't think so. 30 to 18 is what he's picking. 30 to 18. 
I'm what picking the BC one? Lions, and I'm taking them 24-22. So now, the CFL.ca media people, unanimous Calgary decision. Let's talk CFL. Unanimous Calgary decision. Ottawa, Winnipeg. CFL.ca, unanimous Winnipeg selection. Let's talk. Wheel took Ottawa. Okay, it's not quite unanimous, but we mostly went with Winnipeg. One team, one guy, Chris O'Leary, picked Montreal to beat Edmonton. We got a couple. Phil and Will. Hey, I'm a poet and I didn't know it. Ah, but... It's split right down the board. Saskatchewan three and BC Lions three picks here. So I don't know. Okay, BC Lions. Yay, go. They'll take the favorite. I got the deciding vote. Now I guess we just have to play the games. Okay. That's our scores. I hope you got those, Stephen. Okay. Moving on. Simone Lawrence finally had his two-game suspension uh, arbitration hearing. The arbitrator came back a week later, and he upheld the suspension. Did the arbitrator get it right, or did he get it wrong? And what are the repercussions moving forward? Well, you guys all know my opinion on this. I think that Randy Ambrosi, it was a knee-jerk reaction to give him a suspension at all. For a two-game suspension to be upheld on this, I can show you hit after hit after hit where the exact same thing was happened, and there wasn't even a flag, no suspension, no fine, no nothing. The only reason why Simone Lawrence got in trouble at all on this is because Zach Caleros is a paper China doll, paper doll, or whatever the hell he is. Um, otherwise, it would never any other quarterback in the league would have bounced back up, and we would have kept playing. Did the arbitrator get it right? No. You know what? It took us a month to get an arbitrator. I think that's because all the good ones were busy. And then the idiot comes back with this decision. He upholds a suspension that should never have been one in the first place. What are the repercussions moving forward? They're huge. Now we might as well just like put a little glass ball around the quarterbacks because any little tap right now is going to be a two-game suspension. You have just castrated the defensive lines. I don't know what else to say. It, 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 it's absolutely ridiculous. The worst thing is they didn't even give this Macana Henry a suspension for nailing Dom Davis on the sidelines when he wasn't even on the playing field. That's ridiculous. That, that, that was a far more grievous act than what Simone Lawrence was. But, you know, this isn't news. I've said this over and over and over again over the last month. So, I don't know. Yeah, they're trying to get headshots out of the CFL. This wasn't really a headshot, was it? Uh, Damn, eh? Okay. I got nothing to say on this one. Charles, go ahead. I honestly, I understand what you're saying, and there's a lot of it I agree with, but to be honest, I don't really have an issue uh, with them 
leaving the suspension the way it is. Uh, they want to get headshots out of it, even though, yes, it was borderline, but they want to show that they're, you know, in on players' safety, and you know what, they're doing that. They're kind of making Simone Lawrence a bit of a scapegoat. The thing is, if it's not Simone Lawrence, they would have done it with somebody else eventually. So let's do that and get it over with, and now they're setting a precedent that they better stick to. Uh, but let, my let's do it with a real issue, hit. Yeah, I know. They probably should, but you know what? It, it is what it is. So uh, they want to – I think they're kind of – they were kind of afraid uh, that um, – well, I don't know if the arbitrator gives a damn, but about um, having um, the suspension rescinded. Um, personally, I don't really care, but um, – my biggest issue was how long it took. I thought it was a complete and utter joke that this took like a week uh, for the uh, team, for the arbitrator to come back with a ruling. I've never seen that. Typically, you have a, a hearing with the league, and you know the next day. Or on the long, on the long part, uh, maybe two days. This was almost a week before we got from... Uh, hearing to the decision. I thought it was completely ridiculous. I think it makes the league look, look dumb. I think it was a completely unnecessary um, length of time, especially when you consider we ended up just leaving things status quo. It didn't make sense. So I think, I, I personally, I have no issue with the actual suspension. I just have a issue with how long it took to get an actual decision. You can't have it during a week. And did they find the slowest arbitrator they could find with everybody else busy at this time? It was ridiculous. This whole situation has been ridiculous right from day one. At least now we know it's over and we can put it behind us. Yeah, can't argue with that. I, I, I don't think it should have been a suspension in the first place, and that's where I'm really having my problem. And then to, to set a precedent with a non-event is, 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 is terrible. It, it's really going to be hard for mm-hmm. – what does a defensive lineman do now? So do you remember last – what was it, a week ago or two weeks ago where that guy, Mike Riley's running and the, deep, uh, the linebacker let up because he thought he was going to hook slide? And Mike Riley just booked on past him and then he had to try to play catch up? That's what's going to happen over and over and over again because the quarterbacks now know that they're protected. So mm-hmm. you, how do you do that? The guy starts to go for a slide, and then you, you're not allowed to hit him, and then he just kind of fakes the slide and keeps going and gets an extra five or ten yards on you? Badass players are going to do it. I hate it. Mm-hmm. Will, Will, talk to me here. I I hate that we're still talking about this, but I I disagree with you and I agree with you. Okay, I I agree that that guy in Saskatchewan should have got a suspension for what he did, and they're not even bringing that up at all. He got fined or whatever he got. He should have been suspended for at least two games in my mind. As far as you're saying it handcuffs defensive linemen. Well, I don't think it handcuffs defensive linemen. 
I think these guys should get back to simple fundamentals. And the simple fundamentals are is when you tackle a guy, you drive your head into his torso and you wrap your arms around his legs and you put him on the ground. And if they do that, agreed, there's not going to be any headshots. Okay? And and it goes back to fundamentals, okay? And if Mike Riley is coming along and you think he's going to hook slide, you stick your helmet in his chest and you and you tackle him. It's that simple. And I think Agreed. too many too many too many guys have gotten away from the fundamentals because they want to go for the big hit. I yes. the guy I Tommy Campbell when he hit that Hamilton guy in the leg. I mean, what kind of a bullshit tackle is that? Okay? You let the guy turn around and you drive your face mask in. I guarantee you they hurt more than a head tackle does, okay? When the guy can't breathe for the next two minutes, he's going to be affected. But, I mean, that's the way I was always taught. And I know it's it's taught a little differently today because of the safe football practices, they call them. And uh, I I just, I I think we got to get back to fundamentals and stop going for the big headshot. Because, I mean, you got to be a bit of a coward anyways to go for a guy's head. And I I tend to wonder. Yeah, go ahead. Hang on. I have a problem with that. 100% problem with that. Okay, so you're doing a a, a correct tackle. You're going going to put the head into the midsection and wrap your arms around him. And you go to tackle the quarterback. At the last second, he hook slides and brings his head down to a lower level. And you smack him head helmet to helmet. And you get suspended two games, thrown out of the game. You're ejected. Your team gets penalized 25 yards because you're a dirty player. Guess what? I was also always taught that the low man always wins, so you get lower than the quarterback. That simple. Yeah, but the, the, if you, the quarterback just if you, is if you, not, wrap, you don't if know you what the quarterback's going to do when you yourself up. If you if you wrap a guy's legs up, he's not going anywhere. Okay, it's that simple. Nah. So I don't understand why they're going for all these big upper body. It's Stupid ass macho shit in my mind. Okay, and I think it's simple, but that's just me. I always, I always reason with myself as the simple things are the easiest, and they are. So I mean, yeah, you're gonna miss some tackles, but everybody misses tackles. So I just, I'm sick and tired of this crap, and I, and I'm still, you know, it's funny because. I was talking to somebody about this this week in, in minor football about concussions and things. And I wonder if the reason we're having so many concussions is because helmet technology has gotten so much better. And, and I'm a, sometimes I think less is more. Okay. When when I played football, we had a we had a shell and we had webbing, like a construction hard hat, and you didn't yeah. hear about people getting concussions. Okay, and and I just I wonder if these helmets are are a detriment. You know what I mean? Well, they got the, these new concussion helmets that are like a gel pad inside. Right, and I don't know if padding is a better idea. And, and here's, here's what I think about this in the 19, in the late 1970s, 
I used to run a lot. And I I had a pair of runners, and they were called night daybreaks. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with these, but they had a huge cushion on them, and they were like running on pillows. And when I, after I bought those, within about six weeks, I ended up with shin splints really badly, and it stopped me from running for many, many years. And then about 12 years ago, I was in Vegas, and I went to the Nike store, and they had a pair of shoes there. They were called Nike Freeze, and it was basically a slipper on your foot, okay? There's hardly any padding whatsoever, and the whole philosophy behind it was that because there's less your feet get stronger and your toes splay and you do your feet get stronger. And I have not had shin splints since I bought those runners. And those are the only ones I'll wear now. And this is a perfect example of less is but more. But have you, have you been running? I have run. I run all the time. Okay. Cause and if, I haven't if, had shin splints in, in, in 10 years. And okay. from the time I bought those, a week after I bought those, my shin splints were gone. So, I don't know. I just tend to wonder if too much batting is too much batting. And I don't know if, 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 if over the years, because you're wearing the same kind of helmet, your head adjusts to the impact. I, I'm, just, I'm just spitballing this stuff and throwing it out there. I know it makes no sense but it seems there's more concussions as there's more padding in the helmet. Well, and I don't know if it goes guys false sense of security because they think they can run through brick walls with these helmets on now. I don't know. I I'm not going to argue with you in that capacity. And I'm going to talk, take this outside of football. Uh, the girls in my life, um, they ride horses. And they yep. do a lot of training of horses, and they do a lot not only of young horses, but of troubled horses. And that means that they hit the ground more than most riders do. Okay? Yep. They have gel pads in their helmets, and yep. it saved the life of them more than once. Okay. I mean, I, don't, I cannot count the amount of times that my wife has broken a helmet. Uh-huh. Um, I, I I don't I'm not buying that philosophy of yours. Just but for on that the other fact. hand, on the other hand, I understand I know nothing about horses. But yeah, is yeah. are we talking a difference? Are we talking a difference when a 250 pound Neanderthal comes running at you and hits you head to head? Is that a little different than falling off a horse and smacking your head on the ground? Well, it kind of falling it's down from seven or eight door. feet. Well, right. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I I understand exactly what you mean. They're they're different sports, and there's a and they're different collisions, and they're different helmets, and there's a lot of difference in them. And I'm just saying that I I don't think you can protect your head enough. And right. And, and I, mean, I think honest, that, I think. Here's, a, here's another example, if you, want to, if you want to go that far, is you look at the average bicycle helmet. It's not that great protection-wise. No. 
No. Okay. And when I had my accident, I crushed the whole left side of my helmet. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I did, there was nothing wrong with my head. Well, nothing wrong that wasn't there before. Okay. So, Good. and I mean, I, I hit a concrete sidewalk. So, I don't know. I guess every I case is different, right? Yeah. Go ahead, Charles. My part of my belief is that, um, and this is from my experience with minor football, is a lot of it's going back to the way the game, the game is being taught. Um, as these players were growing up and coming through the minor football ranks, because I know now in the last you know five plus years or so. Uh, they've been uh, teams were and minor football organizations were uh, more emphasizing safe contact and safe tackle, but the years before that, that wasn't so much a concern. So uh, you had teams that were, you know, blowing people up, uh, so to speak, as um, um, as it were before, and it, it kind of. I think begins as kind of a culture as they were coming up through minor football and then in through university. And then, because I think really you've seen in the last, probably in the last 10 to 15 years in football, um, the guys more and more going for the big hit. And sure, you used to get it before, but not nearly to the extent of, what we've seen in the last decade or so. And I think that uh, it's coming more into the situation where they're starting to get away from that and they are starting to teach about wrapping guys up and tackling and so on. But it's going to take probably some time because a lot of these players that are playing pro now, they, they were playing minor football 10, 15 years ago when the safe contact stuff, and we didn't know as much about concussions and head injuries. So they, I think, were brought up in a culture where, you know, it was more, um, you know, go after the hit, go after the big hit. And it, it's starting to change back a little bit now, but I think you're going to see it's going to take some time uh, as players today get older and mature and they take what they're learning today forward. So I think that's got a part to do, play in it as well. I can't also, argue with that one. I also, well, no, but I also tend to wonder, okay, when I played football, we were taught to lead with our head. It's that simple. Your head up, your face up, mm-hmm. so you can see the guy. Exactly. And I wonder if, you know, you do it for 10 or 12 years. I wonder, and this is just, once again, spitballing, I wonder if your head gets conditioned to this. You know? And, and... Today, people are not getting conditioned to this, so when they do get a head hit, they end up with a concussion. Interesting. That's a good, yeah, that's a good question, know. actually. You know, I mean, it's your head. You can condition it like everything else. You know what I mean? That is an interesting so. thing. That's a good point. Okay. 
Okay, we've talked we, about Simone Lawrence and his fucking head enough. Let's move on. Can we move on? We don't have to talk about this anymore. Yeah, Ever. it's over. I think yeah. it is over. We we don't have to talk about this one. It is now, yeah. More details are emerging on the firing of Cavis Reed. Is he now finished in the CFL? Well, it appears that Cavis Reed was fired for numerous reasons, but the biggest one is that he is cheating. And he is finding ways in which to get a ramp salary up by paying corporations and those corporations then paying the players. Uh, envelopes of money, of cash money are going back and forth and all sorts of different things. So the only thing I can state this is the league caught him. Night-night. Okay, sorry. Had to night-night. 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 So with the league catching him cheating, there's no way that Montreal had any choice but to get rid of him. Now, what team is going to touch him? Edmonton, at one point in time, I thought he would be the end up being the president, getting away from football operations. But how do you bring a cheater into the fold like that? You can't. You absolutely can't do it. I mean, it's one thing for Brendan Tamman to get over the salary cap in Saskatchewan and get over the salary cap on purpose. But it's a whole other thing to be trying to hide it. Now, I know that there are rumors in Saskatchewan that he did hide it, that he was paying cash money to the old linemen, and Brendan Labatt was in the bar drunk one night telling everybody that that's exactly what was happening. Um, And there was an investigation, and there was no credibility to it, or they couldn't prove it. Nobody sober would say anything. So, okay. You can't do that. You absolutely cannot do that. Well, okay. What? Who who would do it? Who would pick up? Who would pick up a cheater? Somebody who well, the no, league is now I, looking I, at, I, scrutinizing. I agree. I agree. But you cannot prove everything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, for example, what's to stop a team, for example? that they're good buddies, for example, with a corporation. And they say to one of their players, hey, if you go and do this personal appearance for these guys, they're going to give you $40,000 or $10,000. You can't monitor those things, and you'll never know about those things. And that's personal stuff, okay? It's got nothing to do with your contract. It's got nothing to do with the salary cap on the football team. None. Yes, it has lots to do with the guy making more money. And so I, it's not something you can monitor. So, and I betcha, I betcha it happens. Okay? Well, that, that's what was happening in Regina, where we're hiring the players to do um, personal appearances and paying them stupid money to do so, more so than like Hillary Clinton was getting. I mean, it's ridiculous. Right, and and even it's funny because in the position I'm in and what I do, okay, I deal with lots of suppliers, 
And mm-hmm. in the 25 years I've done it, in the 25 years I've done it, I've had three or four guys come into my office and say, Will, if you give me this order, we will, we're going to boost the invoice and we're going to give you the difference. Okay? And to me, that's, that's illegal well, it's, and it's not it's right. Al- that, that is illegal. It's, it's, yeah. it's called a kickback. It's called a kickback. Yeah. And anybody who's, anybody who's ever offered me that has never, ever come back to my office because I won't let them. Because it's a, it's a personal issue with me. It's a trust thing. And I don't screw people like that. Well, I correct. mean, some people tell me I'm stupid. Some people tell me I'm stupid. But I don't care because money's not worth my reputation, to be honest with you. So, but I'm sure it happens. I'm sure it happens on a regular basis in the CFL. I could be wrong, but I don't think I am. No, I, I would bet money on it. In fact, I actually wouldn't surprise me. Was suggesting that the BC Lions did it last show so that they would actually go find some mean, nasty own linemen down in the states. Okay. I'm not suggesting that my team goes and, and, and cheats because that would bother me and I would uh, be yelling and screaming if it was ever found out. But, you know, they need an alignment. We need Rob Murphy to uh, to come back. Yeah. No, it's not going to happen. They, they, yeah. they need a savior for Mike Riley. <laughs> yeah, they need somebody to protect him. Right? I mean, that's seriously the blind side. Did you not watch the movie? How important that position is? Yep. Besides that, Sandra Bullock's caught. I still don't understand Jesse James. I don't understand Jesse James. What a moron. (sighs) Okay. So, any guys, anybody want to talk about Cabus Reed here? Charles? Uh, He's just an idiot. I can't see any team picking him up. Uh, sure, maybe a lot of teams do it, and I'm not saying they don't, but once you get caught doing it, that changes the ball game because you can't uh, because um, that's the issue. It, it, sure, a lot of guys probably cheat, they're hiding money and stuff like that. But once you get lucky, once you get caught, you get the stigma of being a cheater. And no one wants to be associated with a cheater. And even if you were to hire the guy, every time you made a move, people would be questioning it. So um, it just the the reputation is just too bad there. So no, I don't I don't see Cabus Reed getting another job in the CFL. I really don't. I think he he kind of screwed himself. I have no problem with it because, quite frankly, I was not a Cabus Reed fan and felt he should have been fired two years ago. Uh, but eventually, this is what. Uh, ended up having to bring them down. So whatever, sucks to be you. Have a nice life. Yeah, it's over for him. My opinion. Yeah. And Casey Smith, Cavis Reed, we're over. We're moving on. Stefan Logan. Stefan Logan said he is untouchable on the Montreal Alouettes team. Nothing he could do would get him released. Is he one of the ones with the Wrong. corporations? Well, was he one of the ones with the corporations that uh, Cavus Reed was paying and then was paying the other players and then 
he's got something on Cavus Reed so that if Reed ever uh, released him, he'd say, no, 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 you can't do that. This is what's going to come public. So he's kind of blackmailing. He's got some dirt on Cavus Reed, so that was happening. So as soon as Cavus Reed gets fired, what happens? Stefan Logan, you're gone. You're out of there. Goodbye. The, the so I guess he's pretty coincidental. Oh, unbelievable. So, you know, obviously there's a, uh, an investigation going on, and uh, anybody who received money or dealt with money on this uh, under the table on the QT, so to speak, uh, I think it's going to get uh, released from the uh, from the LOS, and they should, and never be allowed to play in the CFL again. It's game over. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Stefan Logan, did this have anything to do with that ridiculous rant that came out last week? No. If it did, he would have been released then. Yeah, but Cavus Reed was still in charge then. I yep. understand that. I understand that. But the timing is uh, very, very coincidental. And I'm sorry, I agree with you on this one. If, if you're caught willingly, uh, knowingly taking money circumventing uh, the against the rules, that's not only against the rules, that's also illegal because you're taking money that you know you're not eligible to get. That's against the law. Uh, Nor are you paying so, yeah, income tax. Pardon? Nor are you yeah, paying exactly. income tax. That's the thing. That's part of it. You're, you're probably not getting charged for that. So, uh, I'm sorry. This is. I think there's definitely a correlation here. I just think the timing is too um, too close together. All of a sudden, was it two days difference? The fire came as read, and within two days, Stephen Logan is let go. There's got to be some sort of coincidence. There's got to be some sort of connection there, as far as I'm concerned. Anyways, boom, bang, bang, he's done. Yep, and it's over. And he's 38 years old. Who's seriously? Who's going to pick him up? Not going to happen. No, he's done. And, and yeah. I, I, yeah, but and what? He wasn't. Ahead, well, I mean, he he didn't look at a place the last two or three years. He was doing well. well. So, he was fourth best in the league last year, which is above average. At 37 years old, okay? Yep. You can't but, maintain hey, that. Who knows? Well, of course, Doug, he would have had to retire sometime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Jonathan Jennings to start for Ottawa. Duh. Mm-hmm. We've already done that. Okay, so MLSE President Bill Manning says he wants Argo fans and TSC fans to get along. Are the F- FC fans mainly to blame because of their continuous complaining about sharing their stadium and and and, and wrecking their pitch? I'll pitch you, you son of a bitch. Yeah, so it would be nice if the TSC fans got along, but they're just princesses, and it ain't going to happen. There's a lot of football Argo fans that are also TFC fans. Uh, they don't see the problem back and forth, uh, but there's so many princesses out there that just think soccer's a godlike sport. I don't know. I'm just at complete odds with this one. 
It would be nice if they got along. Are they gonna? I doubt it. <clears throat> William? Yeah, I don't care. I don't really? care if soccer fans get along with football fans. No, I don't care. I really don't care. You can do that three or four times because I just don't care. Different sport, I don't care if they're sharing the stadium with them and they're not going to get along that well. Who cares? Who cares? Did someone have a slow news day and they wrote that article? Who cares? It's a three-down nation article, isn't it? <laughs> of course it is. They should rename that to Three Dumb Nation or something. Clickbait. Not with all the stuff that's been going on, with all the stuff that's been going on this week, that's all you had to talk about. Come on. And this is the third year the Argos have been at BMO. Let it go. Why are we still talking about this? Grow up. Yep. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. Childish. Okay, moving on. CTV Regina story says the CFL needs more parity. Well, duh, Ralph. Like, is this like Captain Obvious type of thing? Yeah, of course we need good parity. It's not happening until the Eastern teams decide they want to play football. I don't think there's anything else that can be said about this. If you want to, you want to go at it, go at it. Tell me what's going on. Would it be nice to have more parity in the CFL? Would it be nice to have all nine teams competing for the Grey Cup every single year? Hell yeah. It would be exciting football. I hate predictable football over the last 10 years. Calgary Stampeders are going to be first in the West. Calgary Stampeders are going to go to the Grey Cup. Calgary Stampeders are going to lose. Oh, they're going to win. Oh, they're going to lose. Oh, they're going to win. (coughs) Who wants that? It's actually exciting for the CFL when the Riders make it to the Grey Cup. Then we want them to lose. Okay. And uh, finally on the agenda, we got some other things to talk about anyhow. Rob Vanstone says that it's time has come for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders to cut ties with Zach Caleros and keep him off the field. Should the Riders do this to save Caleros from himself? Well, we were talking about this before the show started, or was it during the show? Was it the beginning of the show? No, it was after sh- before the show. If And Caleros looks like he's going back to practicing now, which is stupid. Okay, he's making, what, 400 grand, four and a, 450, something like that, top end. Not high end, but top end. It's not like a 275 Kevin Glenn contract. Um uh, if he's injured for the entire season, he gets paid. The minute he steps back on the football field and is cleared to pay foot, play football, he can be cut. They can release him before Labor Day and save the rest of his salary. He does not get a paycheck this coming Friday. Who here believes that he is going to survive another hit and won't go injury again? <coughs> Nobody. Nope. Everybody here believes that Zach Caleros is one hit away from a wheelchair, shall we say. Drooling so, outside of his mouth. Yeah. Helmet and spoon. So, 
why would the riders risk that? Well, is Zach Caleros their best option for winning this year? They really don't have another quarterback in their stable that would take them the distance. Could they protect him and him come back and actually take them to the promised land? My money's not on that one. Nope. Nope. But Jeremy O'Day may have to be betting his money on that because he's got no other options. That's why he played it all this year. They tried to get a quarterback in free agency. They were convinced that Mike Riley was going to go to Saskatchewan. Didn't happen. So then they're left with their dick in their hand, not knowing what to do. So they re-signed Zach Caleros. Even Ryder fans thought this was a dumb move. And they're right. So they've got nobody else right now. Cody Fajardo is not He's not ready for this. So is Zach Caleros their best chance of winning? Do you do you, do you play the cards you're dealt? William, what do you do? No, I don't think you should ever play again. I really don't. And I've been saying that for two weeks now, so... God damn it, Will Stop making me laugh Why? Oh, man Um, um, (laughs) I just saw that today I had to I had to I had to do that I I said it to I said it to Neil Kroll And he almost cried, okay? Oh, I just had popcorn coming out my nose, okay? <laughs> Anyways, no, we cannot tell you what this football. is about, people. I'm sorry, no, but this no, is a private can't. little thing between us, and oh, we cannot it, share it. Oh, it would be very man. bad. Yes, we cannot do that. <sighs> that would be cruel no. and unusual punishment. So, but no, Zach Kaler should never play again. Okay, I'm telling yeah, you, yeah. he's putting himself in jeopardy. Will, because regardless we, of yes, we, we all agree with that. We all agree with that. The right. question is, right. will he play again? Not whether we think he will. <laughs> will he actually play I, again? I, will Saskatchewan I, I be think, so desperate uh, they're going to suit him up? You know, I, I I wonder, I guess Jeremy O'Day makes those decisions, and if he's desperate enough for a quarterback and Zach Kohlers talks him into it, and a bunch of doctors say, yes, he can play again, well, they'll probably let him play again until he gets hit again, and and he's out for the rest of the year. I just, I just don't understand why people think it's so important to make big money at the risk of you not being normal when you're all said and done. Yeah, but we all do that. I mean, well, no, no, but you look at you look at a guy like Matt Dunnigan, and they brought it up a couple of times on TSN, and the guy is the guy is so emotional about this stuff that he can't even talk about it. So he mm-hmm. must have went through 
he must have went through hell. So, and he was also one of those guys who probably thought he could play through it, and eventually he could not. Yeah. Can I just mention that, Phil, if you think Zach Kolaris is going to be in the Grey Cup, you might be concussed. Sorry. I hope that's sarcasm. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think that's sarcasm. I, I, I just don't think he uses sar- sarcasm. Okay. No, nobody, nobody believes that that's that's going to happen. Uh, I, I do believe there's a lot of people that believe that's their best chance of it happening. That Claris coming back is their best chance of the riders succeeding this year. Uh-huh. I, I don't think there's any chance at all, but I mean it's their best chance. It's better than than Cody Fajardo. I don't know. Is is he coming back? That's the question, Will. Is, will he be playing football again this year for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders? I'm going to say yes. That's the question I'm trying to ask. Charles, what do you think? Yes. I really don't think he should. We know that. I think he's going I, I, he's going. yeah. Sadly, I think he's going to, and he's just going to get hurt again. What I don't want to see, though, and I'm meaning this seriously, and this is why I'm so adamant that he should never be play again, I don't want to see Zach Caleros take a hit and not get up. And, and be removed by the stretcher up. and it game over. We haven't killed yeah. a football player in a very long time. I yeah, don't want it to I, happen that, now. With the amount of concussions and head injuries that guy's hit... That's a legitimate concern, which is why he should not. I don't want the CFL making worldwide headlines because one of its players. For the wrong reasons. Yeah. And I hate to even think about that, but when you look at the um, history of injuries, uh, it's going to be, it's a concern. It really is. This is why I. I think he's really got to think long and hard about this, but I know there's a certain Ryder fan who I kind of made a similar comment to on Facebook today, and I'm being chastised for it by a certain Ryder fan, and it really, really annoys me, his response. But uh, I'm not going to name the Ryder fan, but put two and two together, uh, folks. But I'm sorry, he should not be playing. Don't pick on Darcy. It's just stupid. What? Nothing. Not Darcy. <laughs> I was just teasing. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I agree with you, Phil. Zach Caleros is coming back to play football for the Riders this year. Because that's what the Riders organization does. Things that are not overly bright. Okay, now, one thing that I got popped up here, uh, 
Power rankings. We haven't done power rankings in a while. Let's talk about power rankings. This is fun. Uh, top position, Winnipeg Blue Bombers. They're still in the number one position. Is anybody going to dispute and take them out? Will says they're not that good a team. Well, I don't think they're that good a team either. I just think they're better than everybody else. <laughs> it's a shitty season. It's a shitty season full of shitty football teams, okay? Is Winnipeg Blue Bombers an average football team that is just happens to be at the top because right now average is better than everybody else? I don't know. Winnipeg's number one. Charles, do you agree? Disagree? I have to agree. I can't. Uh, yeah. I don't put anyone out there. I, it's hard not to agree, but uh, I agree 100%. Who are you going to put in? Who are you going to put in number two? You know what? Right now, i got to put Edmonton there. Okay. So you're agreeing with CFL.ca. William. Yep. First and second place on the power rankings for you. Who are they? Um, Winnipeg, Edmonton. Okay. In third and fourth, they have Hamilton and Calgary, which have just switched positions from last week, basically because Hamilton beat Calgary. Uh, do you agree with this? Hamilton Tiger Cats being in third place? I don't think an Eastern team can be considered powerful on any grounds. But to put them in third place, tough one. It's sad when that's happening. You agree your Calgary Stampeders have fallen to position, Will, you, or you want to keep them in third place? No, I'm good with fourth. You're good with fourth, Charles. You yep. you agreeing with this? Yeah, I think I do because Hamilton is first in their division and they do have the win over Calgary. I mean, I I'd be willing to put them either way, but I got no problem putting Hamilton third. Okay, so this is the rest of the garbage because I don't know what else to call it. We got Montreal, Ottawa, BC, Saskatchewan, Toronto. I think we're all going to agree that Toronto's in the basement. Yep. hundred percent. Did this just come to you? What's that? Did what just come to me? You just posted oh, something was, on our. No, th- that was posted in the last. Uh, that was posted what about twenty minutes ago? Yeah, about twenty minutes ago. Okay. Yeah. Um, Montreal, two and two. Ottawa, two and two. BC, one and four. Saskatchewan, one and three. Toronto, zero oh and four. Uh, is this just mimicking the standings? Is that why this goes like this? I think it, it probably is. is. If it is, then BC and Saskatchewan should be flipped. But BC has a quarterback. Saskatchewan doesn't. Montreal's got a quarterback, and Ottawa doesn't. I can't argue with this. Montreal, Ottawa, BC, Saskatchewan, Toronto. I'd love to see BC up in second or third place, but I know that it's not reality. So let's put them in seventh and be comfortable with that. William. Do you have a different placement for the garbage? No, the garbage is interchangeable. Toronto should be last for sure. 
I think I think Montreal is trending up, but they have not showed they haven't beat anything but an Eastern team yet. And I think if they do string together three or four or five wins, then they should be uh, moving up. Do you think and that the Montreal Alouettes right now could beat the Riders or the Lions? Yes. Okay. Then, then they're in their proper placement in fifth. Yeah, I. You know, it, it just it just seems that our buddy Kahari is a better coach than we thought he was going to be. Maybe he's a better head coach than he would be in OC. OC. He's got two or three more years' experience since he was in BC, right? So. Yeah. I mean, he played quarterback. He played quarterback, so he can't be stupid. Just oh, saying. Hold it. Who's the OC in BC right now? Jerry Jackson. Jackson. Okay. Uh, I want that to sink in for a minute, and I want you to go back to the, conver- the, the comment that you just made. Okay. I don't think Jerry is Jack. Well, I guess he did play quarterback, right? Yeah. So. Okay. And would you agree with me that there are smarter, there's there's a whole level of quarterbacks and some are smarter than others? Hell yeah. Okay, there you go. But you've made the statement that says he played quarterback. He can't be stupid. Yeah, that's not exactly. Well, he accurate. has to have he has to have some intelligence. Okay. You ever see the size of a CFL playbook? Yeah, I actually I have. Okay. Okay, you you got to look at it this way, and and I've heard recently that there's some players in the CFL that teams keep them around, and they're players because they're not really smart, but they're super freak athletes. Okay. Okay, Kahari Jones wasn't a super freak athlete. So he must have had something, man. Okay. Yeah. We're still wondering what that something was. Have no idea. Have absolutely no idea. He did throw for 45 touchdown passes one year. You guys realize that, eh? Who's that? Jarius Jackson? Kahari Jones. Oh, okay. oh, yeah. It was Winnipeg, yeah. Yep. I got into an argument with somebody on Facebook today, and I can't find it. And he, he actually sent me a PM apologizing, and I'm trying to find out what we were talking about because I have no fucking idea. Okay. <laughs> obviously, Obviously, it wasn't. Obviously, it wasn't one of us because we never apologized to you. Nope. One of who? One of us. No, no, no. Oh, I, I lit into uh, Todd today and called him a putz. 
And then everybody um, came down on me about maybe that's what it was about. <laughs> maybe that's what it was. Yeah. I called Todd a putz for saying something really stupid. And, uh, and somebody barked at me that says I'm not allowed to call people names. And Todd, Todd piped up and he says, yeah, I wouldn't take anything you take seriously. Anyhow, we talk on three different levels every day. So I don't remember what, where that even was to find it. But he, oh, that was on that comment that, that, that um, where Todd put up that posting, which all it said was, uh, do we think that Mike Riley is an elite quarterback or something like that? I think that's where it was. Ooh, where yeah, it? I saw that. And I just go, like, what a putz for posting something like that. That's just like an arrogant bomber fan right now that thinks their shit don't stink so they can go poke the, the bear with a sharp stick. And it's just like, really? Well, I, I've had, a, I got a brilliant idea. You know how, how we're talking about, we were talking about how they need to learn how to tackle better. Yeah. You know what they should do? They should send Willie Jefferson to every CFL team to show them how to tackle because don't you remember Mark going on and on and on last week about what kind of a perfect tackle Willie Jefferson made? And he just went on and on and on. And I was thinking to myself, well, he's a football player. He should know what he's doing. He should. Oh, there you go. We can do that. Yeah. And, I mean, he is playing on the Grey Cup winning team this year. So, you know, just saying. So, are we going to play the rest of the games, or are we just going to call it after week five here? And just just hand over that big I think chunk we should of just, silver we should just call it and call it and save some teams some money. I mean, let's face it. We, we're getting some really seriously exciting off seasons. Wouldn't you rather be in off season right now instead of watching these boring games? <laughs> I mean, seriously. No football game is no football game is boring. Sorry. Oh, come on. I'm serious. You want to watch boring? Watch the No Fun League. That'll be that'll show you boring. No, watch soccer. That's boring. Tennis, I find golf, golf extremely boring too. Uh, even NASCAR without crashes. Anyhow, okay. Ten minutes. Yep. I'm surprised. I thought we'd be scrambling. I put nine, uh, nine segments on tonight. I thought we and. or ten segments on tonight. Yeah, I thought yeah, we'd, uh, we'd be, be moving some over to next week. Time. I thought so, yeah. maybe, but uh, well, it's because Mark's not talking continuously about us. every single bomber. <laughs> yep. I mean, I really don't care about every single bomber. Ah, sorry, Mark. You know, it's, I, it's really amazing. Because it really is a team effort. Have you guys noticed how the Bombers' water boy is playing this year? It's just he's doing phenomenal. damn awesome, okay. eh? Yeah. He's, I think he's the awesome. greatest water boy in the he's history of the water CFL. Out there. He runs out there. He doesn't fall down. He, he, you know, he gets it's the ball. It's the, the handoff 
the handoff to the player is just like perfect. And, and the towel, it's did like you see flawless. the towel? He's got the towel yeah. that just comes yeah. out, and he just does the wipe. And then they use the towel to clean the visor. And oh my god, yeah. it's just like the bombers are just their shit don't stink. It's incredible. It, it, yeah, it is. Oh, uh, what about I the, think they the should mascot? take the whole team. Boomer they and Butter. The whole I mean, team and bronze it. Yeah. Boomer and Buzz. Oh, I thought it was Butthurt. Sorry. No, it's Boomer and Buzz, I think. Boomer and Buzz. At least okay, it was 30 years ago when I lived in Winnipeg. So, I mean, their mascots. Have you seen their, their, their new mascot uniforms? It's identical to the one last year. It's just like no change. And seriously, if you look at this, and let's talk about this one for a second. Everybody, Winnipeg is, fans are just like, they're, they're, they've planned the parade route. They've got their lawn chair set up, set up on the side of the road already, right? Because they don't want to miss out. It has been 29 years. So they, they're, they're ready for this. But, you know, and one of the arguments that they always said at the, in the offseason is that Winnipeg is going to be so dominant because their team had the least amount of change. Them and Hamilton, right? Same quarterback in place. And a lot of the same members. They didn't lose a lot in free agency. They, they signed a lot of key players. Their teams had the least amount of change. So the first through five weeks of, of play, the turmoil of a team that's had a lot of transition has to go through the works and settle down. Well, of course Winnipeg's going to dominate the first part of the season. The other teams are, are, are like trying to, you know, find their way, trying to figure out how things are. I mean, and the schedule is like suck. It's like all the West teams are playing each other in the beginning of the season here. That should happen at the end of the season. We should be able to sharpen our claws on, on Eastern teams in the beginning of the season like the Lions normally do. We wouldn't be one in four team if we got to play four or five weeks in in Eastern Eastern teams. We'd be like four and four and one, and we're going, ha, yeah, right, dominant. Wait, the Lions will recover. I have faith. Okay, but the Bombers, the only way the Bombers have right now is to go is down. Well, but you know what I look at. They've had very few changes, okay. Yeah. And they were they were they were third in the West last year. Yep. Maybe so they they're going to be third in the West again this year. Well, they didn't get better. I mean, yeah, they picked up Willie Jefferson. They picked up a couple other players, but they lost Suk Chung. They lost a couple other players too. So, you know, it kind of balances itself out. So if they didn't improve themselves that much, they still got the same quarterback, still got the same running back, mm-hmm. they still got the same receivers. So what makes them a better team? Nothing. Other the than other than the other teams aren't as good. Other than Sparky Lewis or Whitey Bergenstock or whatever the heck his name is, the guy with the dreadlocks is Lucky supposed to be really fast. Lucky Whitehead. There you go. And he is really fast. I, I don't yeah. think his mama liked him. To give him that name? No. And he could be missing one ball, too. <laughs> and blind in one eye. 
So you He's never pretty know. skinny. Not a big guy. Yeah, he is. No. So, you know, and, and he's doing really well in the first part of the season. And, and is that just because nobody's figured out any film on him? Or is it because he's like Brandon Banks? Speaking of Brandon Banks, did you see the tweet he put out today? No. What is it now, the arrogant prick? Well, no, he got fined for, didn't he push a referee last weekend? I thought he did. Or got real he? close to him. Yeah. He didn't really push him. He he actually ran. What happened was he ran him over when he was running the kick, and he was complaining that um, you know the ref didn't get out of the way on time. There was actually okay. a story about that. And he got fined. He got fined. Did he got fined for yeah. put, for running over the ref, or did he get fined for his comment about the ref? Uh, that, I'm not sure. I'm just seeing if I can quickly find it here. Brandon Banks, uh, that didn't work. Uh, where was it? I want to search. I'm trying to search for it, but I can't find it here. Actually, I think I saw it just not that long ago. Yeah, it was. I yeah, it, was it popped up here. a few minutes ago. Yep. Uh, where is that thing? I know he got fined. He was upset about the fine. Yeah, and then he called the commissioner of BS. And I can yes, just see that did. that coming back as a fine. Yeah. Yeah, I found he's it here. A, yeah. He's such a putz. Tie cat yeah. receiver Brandon Banks calls BS on Randy Ambrosi for fine. This is bullshit. <laughs> good, good luck. He was apparently fined for uh, making unnecessary contact with an official. Oh, yep. He did bump him thought. actually after the. Yeah, I've been watching the replay. It wasn't during the play. He kind of pushed him away. Yeah. No, he pushed him away. I saw that. Yeah. I think he should be suspended. What does he think? Who does he think he is? Kent Austin? Or, or Jonathan Rose? Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. He'll appeal it, and we'll find out in uh, late October what the result is. 2030. 2030, Sir Charles. Wow. Okay, well, yeah. Brandon Banks, hmm. arrogant little prick that he is, gets fined, and then he says that he didn't do anything wrong. So, Wow. Wow. I just made the comment last week, too, that he had been kind of staying out of trouble and under the radar. He must have heard me and wanted to prove me wrong. It must have. You, you know, you're a very important part of the CFL these days, Charles. You're part of the Let's of Talk CFL podcast, which is right. under 90 seconds left in the show. So I'm going to wrap it up here, guys. Uh, this has been Let's Talk CFL podcast, episode number 375. I've been your host, Christopher Jones. We've had... Charles Cliff and Will MacDonald, and we've had Phil Miller on the sidelines again tonight, which was really good to see Phil, or at least chat with him on, on, on our keyboards back and forth. 
Uh, I'm glad Emily is doing a little bit better, and hopefully the uh, improvements continue to roll, my friend. Uh, okay, I'm out of here. You guys take care. Charles, say goodnight, my friend. Good night, folks. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the games this weekend. We'll talk to you Sunday. Okay. And uh, Mark's not here tonight, so I'll just say it. BC sucks. Uh, Will. Good night, everybody. Watch football this weekend. Uh, go Owls. Go Owls. Rock and roll. Have a good one, guys. Take care. Be safe out there. <laughs>